Well, when we tell somebody Happy New Year, what we're saying to them is, I, I wish for you, I pray for you a blessed New Year, right? Amen? To be blessed of the Lord in this new year. And we all believe that God is going to do that. Amen. Before we get into the Word today, I just want to re- remind everyone of a very important event. We do this every year in January. And uh, two weeks from today, we'll be having Career Consecration Sunday. And you'll be receiving some information in your emails about this, but this is the time of the year where we present our careers, our businesses uh, to the Lord, our employment to the Lord. And we, we, we kind of consecrate it to Him in the sense that we say, Lord, I want you to be glorified in my job. I want you to be glorified in my career. And so, Lord, I'm going to present it to you as an offering that, Lord, uh, you would be demonstrated your goodness in my character and in the way that I conduct my business. And then we also bring an offering unto the Lord because David said, I'll not offer up to the Lord that which cost me nothing, right? So we bring an offering to the Lord and, and it, as a demonstration of our consecrating our businesses and our careers unto Him. So that'll be happening in two weeks. So we hope that you'll get ready for Career Consecration Sunday. Amen. And how many know what tomorrow is? Yeah, it's Monday, Jean Marie, but it's also day one. Everybody say day one. day one. I woke up this morning, I said, it's not even day one yet. Tomorrow's day one of our 21 days of hunger. <laughs> Come on, push it out. Push it out in the name of Jesus, right? Amen. Hallelujah. 21 days of hunger. We love this time of year where we start the new year out by putting God first and by declaring three weeks of prayer and fasting. That's what 21 days of hunger is all about. Three weeks of prayer and fasting. And so we're going to be talking about that a little bit today as I get into the Word of God. So let's go ahead and take our Bible, open up to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, as today I want to talk to us about the power of fasting and prayer. The power of fasting and prayer. The necessity of fasting and prayer in our lives. And I want to look at an example from a brother whose name is Jehoshaphat. He was the king of Judah, and we see his story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. He was faced with a crisis in his life. And uh, he turned to God, as well as all of the people around him, turned to God with fasting and prayer. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 says, It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is En Gedi. Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. And Jehoshaphat came to a point in his career, in his life, where the Moabites, the Ammonites, and others with them, this huge army, this multitude of people, came to do battle against Jehoshaphat and Judah. 
Add to that, there is the report of another multitude that came from Syria that wanted to confront him at En Gedi. Now, you might look at this and say, Jehoshaphat, he must have really been a bad person. He must have really messed up, made a lot of mistakes to, to have all of these enemies coming against him, right? Because surely good things, bad things only happen to bad people, right? That's what we typically tend to think. If you've got problems in your life, it's because you're a problem, right? Because you're, you've messed up somewhere along the line. But here's the thing. Jehoshaphat was not a bad person. He was not a bad king. He was a very good king. In fact, he was one of Israel's uh, best kings. He was a very good king. And, and if you read in chapter 19, it's all about the reforms that he brought to the nation. Now, he wasn't perfect. He, he made some, some mistakes. But verse 3 in chapter 19 says that despite his mistakes, the prophet said, good things are found in you in that you remove the wooden images from the land. You pulled down idols and you have prepared your heart to seek God. So what does that mean to us? It means that no matter how good you are, no matter how spiritual you are, there will be hard times. The Moabites and the Ammonites and the enemies from Syria will still come against us. Jesus said the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. In other words, we all get storms. Isaiah 54 says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Amen? How many love that scripture? We quote it all the time. But we have to remember what that scripture means is that weapons will be formed against us. There will be hard times. There will be adversity. You could pay your tithe. You could serve in ministry. You can be faithful in everything that God has called you to do. But bad things happen to good people, to Christian people, to God's people. Let me say it like that. Bad things happen to God's people. It's the reality of living in a broken, fallen world. Hello? Amen? Amen? And sometimes those hard things, those Moabites and those Ammonites that come against us will cause us to feel like Jehoshaphat felt in that situation. Verse 3 says that upon hearing about the Moabites, the Ammonites, Syrians, it says that Jehoshaphat did what? He feared. Jehoshaphat feared. And we all know what, what fear looks like. We've all experienced it. Maybe some of us have, have learned to overcome it and where we're at in our lives a little better than others. We're all on a journey and working that out. But, but we all know what fear, fear... Fear has this consuming energy. It has this ability to, 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 to take over our mind and our perspective right? It, it causes us to view situations through like a, through a broken lens. How many have ever had a pair of glasses and the lens was broken? And everything is distorted because now you're looking at it through this broken, distorted lens. That's what fear does. It consumes us. It, 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 it robs us of our ability to expect good. That's what hope is. Hope is the expectation of good. Fear robs us of our hope. Fear causes us to, 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 to become overwhelmed by our imagination, by toxic thoughts, right? And we start to awfulize. Everybody say awfulize. You know what awfulize, catastrophize, right? 
We take things and we blow them way out of proportion, proportion because of our, our toxic thoughts and our imaginations. And we tell ourselves it's only going to get harder. It's only going to get worse. The worst is yet to come. Right? Everybody say the best is yet to come. Yeah, but you know what fear does? Fear robs us of that and causes us to think the worst is yet to come. Right? And we know that fear is a bad thing when it pulls down our faith and causes us to be distorted in our thinking and our perception. But sometimes fear can be good when we use it to push us to God. And that's exactly what Jehoshaphat did. Yeah, he became afraid. He was concerned. He was worried. He was anxious. But he didn't allow that fear to overwhelm him. Instead, he turned it around and he, allowed, he used that fear to push him toward God. Verse 3 says that Jehoshaphat feared and. He didn't, it didn't just say he feared, period. That wasn't the end of the sentence. Jehoshaphat feared and did what? Set himself to seek the Lord. He turned his fear into faith. He made a choice, right? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a what? A sound mind. He made a choice in his mind. He ordered his thinking back to the Lord. He made a choice to put his eyes on the Lord and to magnify his God over his situation. Fear causes us to magnify our circumstances over God. Our circumstances become huge and our God becomes little. That's what fear does, right? But Jehoshaphat said, no, I've, I'm not going to fall prey to that. I've learned enough over this life to know that in these situations, I've got to magnify my God over my circumstances. And I've got to tell my circumstances that my God is bigger than you. I don't know what he's doing, why he's doing, and how he's going to get me through this, but I know this. My God is going to get me through. My God is faithful. My God is good. My God cares about me, and he's with me as I'm facing these Moabites and these Ammonites and these, and these Syrians. Amen? So if you're afraid of 2023 right now, you're afraid of the Moabites and the Ammonites as they're lining up on the edge of your life, Maybe you got a diagnosis, maybe some medical issues, maybe some financial concerns. Things are looking a little difficult right now in the economy for you. Maybe you're worried about your kids, you're concerned about some of the choices and the directions that your, your kids are taking, right? But here's what we do. We say, God, these, these enemies, the Moabites, the Ammonites are there. They're there. Everybody say they're there. They're there. But God, my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you, God, not on the circumstances, and I know that you're faithful, and I know that you are, you are able. Amen? That's what Jehoshaphat did. It says, verse 3, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and what did he do? Proclaimed a fast. Amen. It wasn't just lip service. Okay? It wasn't just something he went to church and said, Amen, Pastor. I'm not going to fear the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord. Right? It says, and. He set himself to seek the Lord, and. Everybody say, and. There's got to be an end. It can't just be because, you know, Pastor Chris and the worship team led us in an awesome song. You know, same God loved that song. Right? But there's got to be an end that goes beyond just what happens on a Sunday morning. And proclaimed a fast, so Judah gathered, verse 4, 
together, Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And this is where we are today. Just as Jehoshaphat met the challenges ahead of him with prayer and fasting, each of us, as we enter 2023, we need to meet our expectations, our concerns, even our fears, with fasting and prayer. And that's what we call 21 days of hunger. Three weeks of fasting and prayer. Now, I want us to understand that fasting is biblical. It's not something we just made up. Fasting is biblical. Jesus and the disciples fasted. Elijah fasted. Daniel and the prophets fasted. Esther, Ezra, Nehemiah, David, Moses fasted. And as we read, Jehoshaphat fasted. Fast, what is fasting? Fasting is the sacrifice of food and other important items as an expression of our hunger for God and our sincerity in seeking Him. But it's not just lip service, right? Jesus listed fasting as one of the three personal disciplines that His followers should have in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 2, Jesus said, when you give, not if, said when you give, Then he said in verse 5, when you pray, not if you pray. And then in verse 16, he says, when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast. Now the Bible describes three different types of fasting. And I want to recommend at this point, I want to recommend a book to you. It's called God's Chosen Fast by Arthur Wallace. It's a really good book and it gets into some of the theology and the scripture. It's not just fluff and sensation and hype with a bunch of stories from somebody's life. This is, gets you to the Word of God and helps you to understand the biblical truth around fasting. So I encourage you to pick that book up. But in this book, he makes the point that there are a number of different kinds of fasts, but there are three basic fasts. The, one is the absolute fast. That is completely abstaining from all food and drink for a period of time. All food and drink, including water, for a period of time. And I don't recommend you do that for 21 days because you won't make it. You'll be dead around day five. All right? This is a very brief fast, usually just lasts a couple days. The normal fast is abstaining from all food and drink except water. Jesus did this for 40 days in the wilderness. And then there's the partial fast, which is often known as the Daniel fast. We see that in Daniel 10, which basically is abstaining from all animal products, breads and sweets, and eating only fruits and vegetables. Everybody say yum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And today we have developed certain fasting variations that are kind of akin to the partial fast, where, where we might be fasting from social media or television or secular music or, or what have you. And these are fine. These are fine to do. But understand that true biblical fast, fasting is a fast from food. <laughs> this is not a very exciting message, I know. I know that. But this is what I want to call us to. This is what I want to call it. And what I will be doing, what my wife and I will be doing, is more like a Daniel fast, right? Small amount of fruit in the morning, maybe a little fruit throughout the day, restricted meal of vegetables at dinner, 
right? And a lot of water throughout the day. And that sound good? You with me? Rick is, Jane Marie's this, Rick's like. <laughs> but I want to encourage you to do this. What does fasting do? Why is it important? Fasting is not, contrary to a popular opinion, it is not earning favor or blessing from God. It's not proving to God how spiritual we are and how deserving we are to have our prayers answered. How many know that the only thing we deserve from God is eternal hell? And if we start to come to God on the basis of what we deserve, we're all in trouble. Okay? Hello? So it cannot be about that because the only way that we approach God is through His mercy and His grace. Right? Okay? Now, the text shows us here that we're reading Two things that happen with fasting and prayer. Two things. Fasting and prayer, in, fasting intensifies our prayer so that God responds. Okay? It intensifies our prayer and intensifies our faith so that God responds. And it enables us to hear when God speaks to us, which is something we often forget about when it comes to prayer. Okay? What does that mean? Let me take the first thing. It intensifies our prayer. Now look at the text. Verse 5 and 6 says, it talks about how Jehoshaphat, he calls the people together, right? And in his powerful prayer that he offers up, he acknowledges God's sovereignty over their lives. You know, they didn't come accusing God. They didn't come getting angry and questioning God. They simply acknowledge that God has been in control of their nation and their lives from the very beginning. Right? And then verses 7 through 9, he prays this powerful prayer where he recalls the history of, of the nation and how God promised to help the Israelites if they prayed and they sought God, especially from the temple. And I want to highlight verse 12 where he says, O oh God, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Let's say that together. Our eyes are on, on you. This is what prayer and fasting is all about. That when all hell is coming against me, when the enemy is lining up on my life, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of this situation. So Lord, I am putting my eyes on you and I'm calling on you to step into this situation and to intervene. Now, this is what's important. It's easy to say those words. It's easy to sing it in a song or to come to church once a week and pray it in a prayer, right? But Jehoshaphat didn't just make it words. It wasn't just words. It wasn't just lip service with Jehoshaphat. He demonstrated his sincerity of trusting in the Lord and putting his eyes on the Lord through fasting and prayer. Showing the Lord, I mean this, Lord. I'm not just uttering some words or singing a song. I mean this, and I want we want to show you our sincerity, God, through fasting and through prayer. And what we learn from this story is that God responds to people when they fast and pray. Not because they're earning something, but because they're demonstrating the sincerity of their faith and, and thereby intensifying their prayers. How many are getting this? Okay. 
Verse 14, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel in the midst of the assembly. Verse 15, and he said, listen, all of you, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And then we can see, we're not going to get into it today, but in verse 22, how God intervenes miraculously answers their prayer, and delivers them from the enemy. The point is this. Before we get into the victory part, we need to understand that fasting intensified their prayer. It intensified their prayer. It, it showed God their faith once sincere, and it provoked God to respond. James 5.16 says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It means that there's prayer... But then there's effectual, fervent prayer. And, and when we do 21 days of hunger, we're after the latter. We're after making our prayers, not just prayers, but effectual, fervent prayers. Amen? And what do you think it is that makes prayer effective and fervent? You think it's shouting, yelling, screaming at God, laying prost prostrate on the ground, right? Speaking in tongues, loud praise. Is, is that what makes prayer effective and, and fervent? Now, that may be part of it, and that may happen when we pray and, and, and when our faith builds and we get excited. But I want to submit to you that one way, perhaps the greatest way, to make our prayers effectual and fervent is through fasting. How many here have ever read the book of Ezra? Yeah? You need to read the book of Ezra? You need to read the Bible. Amen, church? Come on, if you're a Christ follower, you got to get in the Word of God. you got to read the Word of God. Amen? Okay. And in the book of Ezra, it talks about he called a fast just before they knew they were going to cross over the river into the enemy's territory. He said, before we go, we need to fast. Esther, how many have ever read the book of Esther? Right? Got to read the Word of God. Powerful book. Incredible story there. Right? Esther, before she went in to see the king, she, went, she, she proclaimed a fast. Not just for herself, but all of, all of the Jews, all of the Israelites there in the kingdom, to fast and to pray. Daniel started fasting to break the bonds of slavery upon the nation. And it's why Jehoshaphat called a fast when the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Syrians threatened him. Fasting empowers our prayer. It empowers our prayer. How? Three quick ways on this. First of all, one, fasting reveals humility. Everybody say humility. James 4, 6 says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to whom? To the humble, right? Listen, when you're confident in your own strength and your own abilities, what do you do? You feed your strength, right? When you're, when you're confident in your strength, you know, I need to be strong. You feed your strength, but to fast is to deprive yourself of what makes you strong, right? Of what empowers what you're leaning on, your own strength, right? In fact, fasting diminishes your own physical, physical strength. How many understand that? You ever feel weak when you're fasting? Because if you're not feeling weak, you're not fasting good enough. Hello? You're supposed to feel it, right? Okay? So you're diminishing your own strength purposefully 
to humble yourself and to say, God, I have no confidence in my own strength or my own ability. You're telling God, Lord, I am willing to make myself weaker by neglecting food to demonstrate that my strength is not in feeding my flesh and making myself stronger, but my power and my strength and my hope is in you. It's in your strength, not in my strength. Lord, what I'm facing, what I'm going through, Lord, I'm trusting completely and totally in your strength. I'm humbling myself. And the Bible says if you humble yourself, he gives grace. How many need more grace? Yes? Amen. Fasting intensifies, as I said, the sincerity of our faith. 1 John 5, 4 says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. To believe in something so much that you are willing to stop eating in anticipation of receiving that something is a powerful expression of faith. Amen? And thirdly, fasting puts God first. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, we live in a culture, in a world, that is surrounded by abundance. Yes? In a culture of indulgence. This is the culture in which we live, right? But fasting and prayer demonstrates that being sur- while we're surrounded by abundance in a culture of indulgence, it demonstrates that Christ is supreme in our lives over all of our affections and all of our appetites and all of these things that would try to distract us. Amen? So fasting reveals our humility, diminishes the flesh, intensifies our faith, shows our sincerity, puts God faced, and it makes our praying into effectual, fervent praying, and it provokes God to move. Amen. Something else fasting does. Not only does it intensify prayer, but fasting intensifies our ability to hear and to discern what God is saying to us. Fasting tunes our spirit to the Spirit of God. Now some of us, we may be facing some Moabites in our lives right now. We know that as we cross into 2023, there's some situations that we're, we're even now praying that God will, will bring us through, right? We need breakthrough. We need God to step in. But what some of us also need in 2023, is to hear from God. We need to hear from God. We need clear direction regarding the season that we're in or the season that we are about to enter and how God would have us position ourselves for the challenges that we are about to face. How many want to hear from God? Amen? I'm talking about more than just a sermon, right? More than just listening to a devotional. I'm talking about where God is speaking to your, His Spirit is speaking to your spirit, and you know you're getting a word from God. How many have ever gotten that? Amen? That's what some of us really need in 2023. We need some wisdom. We need some guidance. We need to hear to receive a word from God. And fasting tunes our spirit by clearing away a lot of the clutter and a lot of the distractions and causing us to focus on him through prayer, through fasting, right? And it tunes our spirit to the spirit of God so we can hear him. Let me, let me, I have, I have an illustration here. 
How many remember these? Anybody? Anybody remember? Couple of, couple of people, right? How about, wait, let me help you out now. Let me help you out. How many now, you, now you remember, right? Right. Wait, for those who, Pastor Chris, come here, come here. Just hold on to that right there, okay. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wait, step over here a little bit. Okay. okay, right there, perfect, perfect, don't move. Now, how many remember? Yeah, okay, thanks. Okay. Now, some of you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, right? Let me just briefly explain. Young people, listen. A long time ago, <laughs> in the history of mankind, before the internet, before cell phones, before streaming platforms, there was a time when all we had was this. That was it, right? And you would hook this up to your, your television, right? And... Oh, black and white. That's, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Black and white. Right. And, and back then, these were, these, were, these were hard times. I'm being serious now. Difficult days. There were basically three networks. ABC, NBC, CBS. And uh, there were others, but they really weren't that good. They didn't work that well. And these three stations would send out signals like radio waves, right? And if this antenna was positioned just right, little tinfoil to help you, your little sister who doesn't know any better holding on to the, how many remember little, she was very valuable in those days, right? If it was positioned just the right way, you would pick up these waves that were sent out from these networks, uh, the, the antenna would pick them up, and the send it through the wire to the TV. The TV would be able to decode these signals, right, into a, an image that would be displayed on the television screen, right? And you'd be able to watch Gilligan's Island, Hogan's Heroes, Lost in Space. Come on, how many? Batman and Rob. I'm talking the real Batman, okay? Not this cheap thing they got. I'm talking about the real when they, when they would punch. You'd see it on screen, you know. It'd say, bam! Wow! Right? <laughs> Sunday morning, or Saturday morning cartoons. Right? But these were, these were difficult days, young people, because if the position of the antenna was just a little bit off, I mean, you'd lose the signal. Right? And it would always, Rick, it would always be just as the guy was about to catch the ball and run into the end zone. That's when you'd lose the signal all the time, right? In the last round of the boxing match, you'd lose the signal. It would just go to snow and static and you'd be done, right? Okay? Fasting is like an antenna. It tunes us to the signal that God is trying to send to us. Now understand, God is always trying to communicate with us. Just like right now, if we, could, if we could open up our eyes and see all the frequencies and the radio waves that are right now filling this room, 
right? But you're not hearing those radio waves because you don't have you don't have a receiver that is tuned to that frequency. And so they're going all around us, right through us. We don't see them. We don't hear them. But because we're not tuned to that frequency, we don't have an antenna up. We don't hear them. Okay? Fasting is what enables us to hear what God is saying to us. Amen? I'm going to put this down. I'll put it right here so you can all remember. <laughs> Amen? There's a lot of interference all around us. There's a lot in the secular world. There's a lot in our lives, a lot of things right now. And listen, as we move into 2023, some of us, we need to hear from God. We need to Look at Jehoshaphat. Fasting not only made him effective in his prayer, but it allowed him to hear from God. Verse 14, uh, 16. Tomorrow, this is the word from the prophet, tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook where the wilderness, before the wilderness of Jeruel. Verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle, but position yourselves. Everybody say, position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Yes, God wanted to deliver them, but there were certain things that God wanted them to do. A way God, had, God wanted to position them before that deliverance would come. Verse 17, he said, you won't need to fight, but you do need to position yourselves in a certain formation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if they couldn't do that or wouldn't do that or didn't do that, they could have missed the miracle that God wanted to do. So understand something, that as we're praying and fasting, yes, God is hearing our prayer, but there are also things God wants us to hear. Things that we've got to do in our lives to reposition ourselves, to position ourselves to experience that breakthrough. Amen? Amen? God wants to speak to us. I believe that in these 21 days of hunger. And I believe that he's speaking to us right now. I believe that God's always speaking to us. I really do. The prob- what's the problem? The problem is this. We're not tuned. You know? We're, we're tuned to Netflix. We're tuned to YouTube. Right? We're tuned to all of those leisure things, entertainment things, all the things of this world. Right? 21 days of hunger. We're going to get tuned to the Spirit of God. Because he's speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you right now, but we're not hearing it. We're not on the right frequency. Church, it's time for us to get on the right frequency. Because some of us, yes, God wants to do something supernatural, but a lot of times it's not a supernatural thing we need. You know what it is? It's a repositioning that we need. Amen? Right? You know, we're we're praying for our health to improve, but God's saying, look, I can't, you want me to fix your health, but you got to stop eating all that chocolate. Where did that come from, Pastor? I don't know. That's not even in my notes. So, Right? You're, you're concerned about your health. You're asking God for healing. You got a bad report from the doctor, right? And the Lord's saying, you know, <laughs> and you ever hear that saying, things, things always happen for a reason. How many have ever heard that? Well, sometimes the reason things are happening is because you've made a series of bad choices in your life. And God wants to reposition you so that you're no longer making bad choices. Hello? Right? So 21 days of hunger, we've got to get our frequency tuned to the Lord. Amen? Okay? So we're going to be gathering on Wednesday nights. 
on Wednesday nights, right, for us to come together as a church to pray, prayer and fasting, okay? Tomorrow we're going to start. Individually, you choose the kind of fast that you want to you go on, uh, but I'm encouraging you to allow food to be a part of that, or actually to not be a part of that, right? Okay? And make the commitment to be here on Wednesday nights. We're going to gather as a church and we're going to pray, okay? I want to encourage you to write your prayer requests down on these prayer boards so that as we gather and pray, we're going to be praying for those things. Also, the pastoral team will come in here. We look at this stuff. We pray for the needs that are on these boards as well. We also want to encourage you to check your emails every, every day for the next 21 days. Um, our pastoral staff has written up some devotions that are going to be sent out to your email. And if you're not getting our church emails, then you need to contact our office and get on our email, but most of you probably are. So every morning, check your email and you'll get a devotional there. Amen? All right, let's stand together. I'm going to ask the worship team to join me up here. <clears throat> I want to put up here, if you could put that last slide up there, some prayer points for the next 21 days of hunger. Number one, we want to pray that God will draw us closer to Him. Amen? First and foremost, so that we can hear Him. Okay? Number two, we want to pray for souls. Souls to be saved. Right? And we want to pray, thirdly, for anointing in this house. Right? Because when we're inviting our church, our, our families, our friends, our co-workers into the house of God, that the presence of God would be, they would just encounter the reality of a living God. Amen? Amen. Revival in our nation. We need revival in our nation. What our nation needs won't come out of, won't come out of Washington, D.C. It won't come from the politician. It won't come from the next president. I know Kevin McCarthy was just voted in as speaker. It's not going to come from him. Not going to come from the Republicans or the Democrats. It's going to come from heaven. Right? Our, our nation needs revival. And finally, for miracles in our midst, whatever it is you're believing God to do, whatever, however you need God to step into your life, we want to pray for that miracle as well. We're going to believe that God is going to demonstrate himself in powerful ways in this, in this year to come. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father. We know that you are a God that hears and that answers prayer. We believe that. And Lord, we are entering into this 21 days of hunger, not to show you how deserving we are or that we're worthy of anything. We're simply, we're simply fasting, Lord God, because we believe that you're a God that hears our prayers. And Lord, we want this fasting to express our dependence on you as we humble ourselves. We want this fasting to express the sincerity of our faith. That it's not just lip service on a Sunday morning, but that, Lord, for the next 21 days, God, we're going to be demonstrating, Lord, our dependence and our belief and our trust in you. And, Lord, we're going to be putting you first, God, clearing away all the distractions, Lord, all of those things that get in the way so that we can hear you, God. We want to hear you, Lord God. Some of us, we need clarity in our lives. We need direction in our lives, Lord. What's the next step for me to take? What's the next assignment, Lord, that you have on my life, Lord? Deliver me from my own opinions, Lord, my own ambitions, my own thoughts, God, and cause me to hear from you, Lord. Tune me, Lord God. Tune me to your spirit. Amen, church? Hallelujah. Let's sing that song. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you. Yes, Lord. How I need you. Can you lift a hand to the Lord right now? 
yes, yes, Lord. I'm standing on your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Oh, your faithfulness. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, God, my God, I need you. We need you, Lord. Oh, God, my God, I need you now. We're standing on your faithfulness. My God. Oh, rock, oh, rock of ages. I'm standing on your Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, how I need you now. How I need you now. Every moment, every day. Oh rock, oh rock of ages. I'm standing on your faithfulness. Nothing else but your faith. Oh my God, I need you. God, you will hear our prayers. Hear our cry, oh God. Lord, as we write, as we write the requests on the board, we pray, God, you will see, Lord, that, that hunger, Lord God, that desperation, Lord, for you to move in our lives, Lord God. As we pen these words to these boards, say, Lord, this is what, Lord, this is what, Lord, we're believing for you to do. Help us to hear you, God, to be led by you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going we're gonna to close the service. If you need to go, we're going to let you go. Some of you got to go get your kids. So we're going to go ahead and release you, but we're going to open the altars. If you need prayer, if you need prayer, don't be in a hurry to run out. Come on up here. Start now with getting prayer. Come on up here. Write your request down on the board. Take a moment and just say, it doesn't have to be long, just I'm praying for lost family members, praying for financial breakthrough, praying for miraculous, whatever it is. Come on up here, write your request down, and then step over to the center here and, and get prayed for. Get prayed for. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God, a mighty God. He's going to do great things. 21 days of hunger. God bless you, church.